What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Imagine the world as a kind of punching bag, uh, a punching bag that hits back. And I might point out a punching bag that inevitably wins. And it's juiced with poor, poor, simple, and very weak and ineffectual mankind. If you can imagine the world as a juicing bag, a kind of a, a globular, uh, pear-shaped juicing bag, there are too many people many evidences to prove that the world is is attached to this particular day. This is the day that it hangs to the ceiling by. 
This is the day upon which it pivots. Not the day, really, but this whole weekend. For example, there was, well, the boss here, before he left Friday, looked into my poor old rubble-filled office and said, this is, uh, I understand, a mystical weekend for you. <laughs> well, what I mean is that this is the epitome of summer. That after July 4th, it's all downhill. I mean, isn't it sad when you think about it that, that I'm walking along Fifth Avenue and I go into a store and I say, well, I, I, want, a, I want a bathing suit. And the guy says, well, we don't have any more bathing suits. And I said, well, it isn't even July yet. He says, we are laying in our spring clothing. And, and it's getting to the point now where a man can live his entire life in about 12 and a half minutes. I mean, by the great department store planning method. And I said, well, 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 it's, look, look, it's, there's a summer shower out there, man. There, there are garlands of, of, of roses in everyone's hair. He says, not for long. They are living in a fool's paradise. And I couldn't do anything but take my charger plate and go back out onto Fifth Avenue with that, that hot, steaming, that, that primeval rain that came beating down. I walked four or five more stores, and I, I went into another one, and the guy says, uh, 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 no, no. We are already laying in next summer's clothing, and we're not ready to unveil them yet. And so already the plans are being made. I, I have no doubt, I really, I, I, I think, I suspect very strongly that this is man's bid for immortality. Hello, 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 there we go. I suspect that this is one of man's ways of ensuring that he will make it, that he will be around. I really believe it. I believe, I believe that the more we plan into the future, the more secure we feel about being in the future. That, that I, I'm quite positive that there must be someplace, somewhere, somebody who's working on a set of blueprints at a, at a drawing board in some fantasy office. A, a drawing board that, that is laying out some plans for the year 2000, and they're seriously working on it. And, and nobody in the office, uh, you know, nobody really seriously thinks he won't be there, nor seriously thinks he will be there. But it's a kind of bid, you know. <laughs> And so all up and down the street, everyone is bidding for fall already. All up and down the street, they are living well into, well into midwinter. Up and down the great clothing marts, every place you go, that they're already living this time. I'll be loving you always with a love that's true always. And, and a kid wrote me a letter. He says, Shepherd, I was listening to your program and I was caught under your spell. And then, Five minutes after your show was over, I walked out into the sunshine and I realized that the world isn't the way you say it is. That's right, son. You are absolutely right. The world isn't the way anybody says it is for everybody. And therein lies the rub. The world is not the way it is to each one of us. I have no idea what the world is to you. And I'm sure you have no real idea of what the world is to me. That that these, these billions of eyes that are constantly looking over this long, spreading green globe, there's no, there's no correlating. There's no integrating. There is no, uh, what does the other teacher's college? There were three words that were very important in teacher's college. A correlation, integration, and uh, to correlate, to integrate, 
to uh, evaluate. That's it. <laughs> the three catchphrases of the sociologist correlate, integrate, and evaluate. And how are you doing at evaluation these days? I'll be loving you. Oh, it's 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 July weekend, and you know I'm coming I'm coming along Seventh Avenue, not more than fifteen twenty minutes ago, and I can feel that electric tension in the air, that 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 wonderful dreamlike quality that that is in the air that that says a, a kind of go, you know, it it hangs as a, as a deep fog over everyone. And some walk right through it and never know that it's there. Others just breathe it in and breathe it out, just in and out, in and out. But it's always there. You know, speaking of always there, last night I was near a TV set and I was watching an old movie on the late, 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 late movie. I mean the real late movies. And it was a movie of World War II starring Wallace Beery. Did you see that? Well, did you also see the changing attitudes? Uh, the, the attitude, I wonder, here's what I wondered when I watched that picture. This picture was shot right in the middle of World War II. And it was shot about the Japanese War. It was about a, it was about a sergeant who was a Marine sergeant in the Philippines. And he was, he was talking, of course the whole thing was about the coming war. It was uh, supposedly taking place just before Pearl Harbor. And the old Marine was retiring from the Marine service. And what fascinated me was the things that were being said, the attitudes towards, oh, such things as peace and pacifism and brotherly love and all this, this, uh, all the, all the dream things that we as man <laughs> constantly trot out every five minutes whenever it happens to be, whenever it happens to be, uh, well, let's say, uh, convenient. You know, it's, to me, it seems like we, we live a, a great deal of our lives in a, in a kind of a dream state where, uh, what we think we are is not at all what we are. That, uh, as a matter of fact, it's, it's often been said that, you know, when you hear the return to normalcy, when you hear about normal living, well, I, 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 you, you ought to really seriously ask a question once of yourself. Do you think normal living is peaceful living or wartime living? Now, this is, that's a serious question. Do you think it is more... Hello, 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 what's the matter there? Now I'm cut off, Don. Hello, hello, hello. What's your that? Hello, hello, hello. Well, okay, I'm cut off now. Hello, hello, there we go. Hello, 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 there. <laughs> i got to have them, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you know, I work my way, you work yours. But uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting thing to me to see that uh, in some cases uh, people were much more at, at the, I'm afraid, at their normal level of living during war than they are during peace. There is a great unrest that exists during peace. And let me tell you, there are some fantastic signs, and I'm going to say it right here, even though it's Saturday morning, that, that if you look at the paper very carefully, the little items, not the big items, the little items, there is a profound unrest that is running through the world that is not, I don't know, I don't know whether it's good or bad or whether it's... Uh, 
Whether uh, who knows? You see, you you cannot cast forward into history. For example, it was unheard of for maybe eighteen thousand years for a group of high school seniors to boo their principal when they were graduating from from high school. Now, now this is this is an interesting this is an interesting thing. Uh, it seems to me that there is rampant in the air a kind of uncontrolled rebellion. Now, I don't mean I don't mean uh, see I'm I'm not uh, I'm I'm certainly not for uh, anti uh, let's say uh, for for conformism. Uh, I, I'm uh, on fifteen thousand levels. I'm against conformism of any kind. But on the other hand. We, we cannot confuse nonconformism with anarchism. That's, a, that's another thing entirely. And it's fascinating to me to see that on all sides, everywhere you look, all sides, there is a little, there is developing a kind of, a kind of fuse that, that seems to be already lighted. That all it, all it takes, I think, and I suspect this, all it will take one day uh, among the youth of today I'm talking about the very youthful youth of today. All it will take will be some guy to leap up who has, quote, a plan. And the next thing you know, we, <laughs> we are nelly by the door. And particularly if more things, more pressures are exerted on America from outside our borders. All it will take will be some guy, because this is the same sort of anarchism that was breaking out all over Germany in the very early 1920s among the very young people. A kind of, uh, let's march. And no one knows where to march. A kind of, let's get angry. <sighs> you know, it's, it's, it's very important to be angry today. If you're not angry, you're just nowhere. You know? And, and uh, it's, it's a kind of anger that burns like a flame, but has no, no direction at all. Just burns. A kind, of, a kind of profound unrest with life. Just a, 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 a kind of... Uh, a kind of disgruntlement. I mean, how long has it been since you've really been gruntled, man? I mean, you can honestly say, gee, I feel awful. This is wonderful. I'm really gruntled today. It's, uh, <laughs> it's been a long time. And I'm sitting there watching that old Wallace Beery movie, and I realize, you see, that, that there was a peculiar kind of exaltation and dedication and involvement that people hardly ever have during peacetime. Sadly enough, sadly and realistically enough. And the, the interesting changes, the attitudes towards other races that came out in this picture. Now, this is what I wondered. I wondered how many people who never lived through the war, who don't really remember World War II, what they thought of that? Or did they just sit and look and not even observe that there was a change? And even the people who had lived through the war as they sat and watched that. What did they do? Just sit and look at it like a kind of a, a, a wartime western with galloping, with, with the, the hero, right? Speaking of heroes. This is WOR Radio, your station for news. Grand Union presents a spectacular display of July 4th holiday foods featuring... Whole broilers and fryers, fresh dressed and ready to cook. The Grand Union price, a low, low 29 cents a pound. Only 29 cents a pound, and you save stamps, too. Save cash and stamps on all your July 4th food needs at New York, New Jersey, Grand Union and Sunrise Supermarkets. You are tuned to 710 on your radio dial, WOR 710 and WOR FM in New York. Here once again is Gene Shepard. 
Are you aware of the fact that there is a Nirvana Street in Great Neck, Long Island? <laughs> I would suggest you look up the word Nirvana. It's a good word. But uh, on the subject of good words, and since this is Saturday, you know, you, uh, there is no question but what it is quite true. Do you have another thing for us in there, Don? Let's let's clear up the decks here. That's my baby. No, sir, don't mean maybe. I think someday they're going to find us. They're going to find all of us buried there with our shards around us, with our kitchen middens right there next to us, our portable transistorized kitchen middens. Says, Do you have a drip-dry life? Is it washable? Uh, is it... Is it uh... <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I didn't want to get too close to your, to your problems out there. <laughs> Just hang it up. But uh, speaking of being hung up, everywhere you look, uh, it's uh, uh, I, I saw a beautiful vignette. You know, as far as vignettes are concerned, I think you can tell a lot about the, well, let's say the, the actual animal. All, all I try to do <laughs> is to is to see what it's about. You know, is to, is to try to feel it, to try to to try to live it as much as possible. We're only here, all of us, for just a short time. And as we, as we struggle our way through this miasmic fog that we ourselves have created, I, I, some people grab at as many things as they can and taste them and walk their way struggling towards the same abyss. And other guys put little blinders around their eyes, grab a hold of the first thing that they discover when they first begin to discover and hold on to it for dear life all of their life figuring this is the only way it can be. And uh, there, there, is no, there is no only way. There are billions and billions of ways, just as there are billions and billions of people in some, some ways that have never even been touched yet. Uh, speaking of touching, the, uh, the, the, the thing that I saw, now this, this has to be brought out as a kind of an example of the normal state of man. You can take, who was it who once said that any 30-second period in the life of every man could be taken as the history of all mankind. Well, let me show you this picture. I am standing in the rain on 6th Avenue. And if there's anything I really dig, it's 6th Avenue in the rain. I mean, it smells like old shoe leather, old cigar butts, old litter bugs, uh, old records, and old buildings, and everything. Just everything all old and rainy. Let me tell you another thing. There is no street that smells more like Rome in the rain than 6th Avenue. I stood inside the great, vast arched dome of the entranceway to the railroad station in Rome about, what is it, five months ago now? I stood there. It was February or March. And I stood in the entranceway, and there was a driving rain just crashing down, a tremendous driving rain. And looking out over the trees, the trees are almost always green in Rome. I, I've never been in Rome when they weren't. And the old rain is coming down, and I'm standing there with about 5,000 Italians, and we're all jostling one against the other, waiting for the rain to, to cool off. And a crowd waiting for a rain to stop in Rome is exactly as a crowd waiting for a rain to stop in the doorways along 6th Avenue, and smells exactly alike. There is no difference at all, none whatsoever, if you know 6th Avenue. And so... Uh, I'm standing there in the in the entranceway to the railroad station. The old rain is coming down, 
and and once in a while a girl comes in. There's maybe out of out of every has it, has it occurred to you that it seems that when you're walking down the street that the average ratio of women to men is about one woman to every three men. Every three men. Why is this? It, it just seems to be. Has it occurred to you this? Of course, it's quite obviously not true. But you see more men around than you see women. And wherever there's a crowd, there seems to be more men. So there were a lot of men standing in the, in the entranceway there, and there were maybe 25 or 30 women, and almost all of them were really women-women, uh, you know? They were, they were beautiful chicks. Well, uh, you know how it is. Where the, the, the crowd of men is, first of all, they're standing there looking up at the sky. Well, then they got tired of looking at gray clouds. Then they watched the rain for a while bang down on the streets. Then they got tired of that. Then they began to look at the women. And the whole crowd begins to sort of mill around. <laughs> the women are gradually edging their way. And one by one, they dart out into the rain. They're going to chance it out there instead of in here. <laughs> And so it, it just went on and on when the rain is coming down and, and I'm and I'm there is a is a kind of there's a there's a kind of oh, in a sense, a kind of togetherness that develops because of rain and at the same time a kind of apartness. And so I'm standing on Sixth Avenue, up on the forties someplace, in the rain. The rain was coming down, it was Thursday. Just coming down a nice, kind of soft, easy, warm drizzle. You know the kind where people, you feel like you should have brought an umbrella and yet you didn't and it doesn't make any difference in your sports shirt. It's just it's pleasant, you know. And a guy is wandering across the street, absolutely oblivious of the traffic, a man type. He's just kind of wandering in the middle of the block, just sort of wandering across the street on 6th Avenue. And all the traffic, as you know, 6th Avenue traffic moves in puffs because of the lights and so on. It moves in, in clumps. Well, as he's wandering, he's just about to where I am. He's coming across the street. He's about maybe 20 feet from the curb, and he's still just wandering along there, and the rain is coming down, and a puff of traffic caught up with him. And a cab has to stop because he's walking across the street. A cab just sort of slows up and stops. And suddenly the cab driver stuck his head on the window and said, Oh, get out of the street, you bum, for crying out loud. Get your leg broke out of right. And the guy looks up. He said, what are you talking about, you idiot? Ah, I'm walking across the street. And, and the next thing I know, these two guys are hollering it out there, and the cab has stopped. And the man has <laughs> has stopped, too. And both of them are hollering one at the other. Ah, yeah, what are you? Yeah, what, uh, out of town, what are you? Out of town, what are you? Hillbilly, what are you? And it goes on and on like that for about maybe three minutes. I'm just watching this thing develop. And suddenly, the guy, the guy who was walking across the street looks at his watch in the middle of hollering. He's, Bobby, crummy cab driver. And the cab driver's, and he takes a look at his watch, and he, he suddenly stops right in the middle of his most vituperative phrase, which I cannot describe to any of you, since there are obviously women and children listening at this hour. Right in the middle of it all, he looks at his watch, and he suddenly stops and he hollers at the cab driver, Hey, you going east? And the cab driver says, Yeah! And with that, the guy jumps in the back of the cab, and they both go off. <laughs> Which I thought was a magnificent moment. It is a pure, there is a capsule, a thumbnail history of all of mankind. That as long as one guy is interfering with another guy, the fist fight is bound to ensue. And it will ensue just as long as that, just as long as neither one of them needs something from the other guy. 
And the instant that he needs something from the other guy, then it's all peaches and cream. All peaches and cream. They ride, and, and I was wondering, the only thing that bugged me for an hour after that, these guys were really shouting at each other, was what were they saying to each other in the cab as they went east <laughs> off of 6th Avenue? Well, I can warrant you it was great stuff. I'll bet, because you see, there's nothing that brings guys closer together than a good fist fight. As an example of that, nobody, nobody loved the Japanese more than we did immediately after the war. And, and on and on and on it goes, you see. Nothing brings people closer together. And I might say that the same things that made that fist fight occur are always within people. Don't think for a minute that they go away. You know, we have this beautiful feeling among ourselves. This is one of the great illusions of mankind. And it is that he is a perfectible creature. Like, say, a, a, a portable typewriter can be perfected. That next year's model is better than last year's model. That somehow all we've got to do is get a book that says how to clear up the problem, uh, how to fix how to fix your conscience, uh, how to make how to make your mind work correctly, and we'll be all right. That we are perfectible, just like an animal. We are, or not like an animal at all, like like a like a machine, and we are not at all, as as history has proven. That every every five minutes another war breaks out, and this has gone on for as long as there has been recordable history. And it always goes on wherever two people get in the way, one with the other. And it's a very pleasurable thing for them. When some guys, some guys talk about a fight they had for 15 years, and that's the only moment that they ever talk about is the fight they had. Other guys who were in the war talk about the war for the rest of their lives. It was the only thing that happened that was important to them. And it goes on and on and on and on this way. And these two guys are in that cab, and I'm saying, obviously, when they first got in, it was like the truce has been declared. I mean, peace suddenly has come over the world. And the two of them are now sitting in the same cab, only because the cab driver wanted this guy's money, and this guy wanted the cab driver's cab. And so the two of them are going along. It's just like immediately after the war, the Japanese loved us because they needed us. <laughs> we were riding in the same cab. And uh, it was okay as long as as long as uh, there were no other cabs around, you know. And and uh, this, I just wonder about what's going on. For example, down in Cuba now. Uh, this this is another example of it. And it goes it goes back and forth, back and forth. Uh, I, I can remember endless. Oh, who knows, you know? It it'll 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 always twist and turn. Are you aware of the fact that there is a Nirvana Street in Great Neck, Long Island? Uh, speaking of of Nirvana, we have with us Lufthansa, and if you're planning to fly the coupe, we would like to recommend that you fly it via Lufthansa. Uh, Lufthansa Airlines goes direct to Central or Middle Europa, and uh, unfortunately, I don't think you'll be able to get a get a ticket on one of the planes. Uh, I was talking to one of the boys over at Lufthansa, and he says they're pretty well booked up all the way through the summer. This is flu, come out of the sun. Uh, I, I'll never forget the uh, the cartoon. A beautiful. Speaking of cartoons, uh, there is something that is beginning to sneak around in our land, and that is that the very young are showing a uh, almost a frightening political awareness. Now, I'm not talking about a political knowledge. That's not the same thing. I'm speaking of political awareness. Do not confuse the two. They are very much aware of politics. And did you see Whitney Darrow Jr.'s cartoon in, uh, 
in the New Yorker the past week. It shows a breakfast scene, obviously in Westport or someplace, a typical uh, scene out there. And the two of them, the, the, the father and the mother, are sitting opposite each other at breakfast. And there's two little kids. There's a little daughter and there's a son. The son looks like he's about ten, say. And the father is looking at the son with a look of vague irritation and amusement on his face. He's got the New York Times propped up before him. And the kid is sitting there with that, with, with, a, with a kind of, with a kind of aggressive smirk on his face. And the father says to him, just what makes you think that Nixon hasn't got a chance? <laughs> and let me tell you, I'll, I'll put I'll put four dollars right down here on this desk that the kid knows no, more about it than the old man. And I can tell you this by the letters that I get, that more sixteen and seventeen year olders know more about the the whole the whole philosophy, the fumbling, the the good parts, the bad parts. Incidentally, I'll tell you one of the things that bothers me about the so-called the so-called sick comic school of humor is that it goes back to an old Western concept of good and bad, all good and all bad, that, that Mort Saul could never admit there might be something good about Ike, or he would be dead. Uh, he could never admit that there was something bad about the hero side. You see, whereas as a matter of the actual fact, there is no such thing as a... There isn't even a remote good or bad. There is not even, <laughs> there is not even the approach to a good or bad. In, in the solidity form, that the billion shades of gray in between are the only things that actually work. And that's the problem about it. You see, the, the thing that, 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 that bothers me very much. But, but deep down in the soul of many a 16-year-old beats the heart of a kid with political awareness. And I can tell you this, I, I, what frightens me, not frightens me, but amuses me and at the same time amazes me, is that I know that when I was 16, I, I had... Very little political awareness, very little at all. The only thing I knew was that, you know, was that my old man was going to vote Democrat. And I didn't know what a Democrat was one way or the other. I just accepted it was good, but my old man was going to vote it. Uh, on the other hand, my mother was a Republican. And the two used to have fantastic arguments, just like when I was a kid, my mother started out by being a Cub fan, and my father was a White Sox fan. One was from the South Side, one was from the North Side. The North Side was Republican and Cubs. The South Side was the White Sox and the Democrats. And they were all apart, you see, the whole thing. And that's all I knew about it. I didn't know of, of, of any of the rest of it. But I can see it, it was slowly beginning to develop. And, and uh, it, it, I don't know what, what the next five or six years are going to bring. And I can tell you this, whatever they bring, there are going to be vast surprises in store for a lot of people. Uh, tremendous surprises. You don't go back in history... You know, the great illusion that many people feel is, the, the, the not illusion, it's a kind of a dream thing, is that everybody who is behaving a certain way that seems to be uh, not explainable to them are in the end going to come around and live the way they live because that's the right way. That there are many adult people who are making the great mistake that, uh, that, that says, quote, that the beats one day are all going to cut this jazz out. It's just that they're immature. They're all going to come back and live in Westport, which is what they want anyway. I say no. I say no indeed. Uh, I also say that, that once a, a person has tasted of this, this uh, sickly sweet elixir of life, you cannot go back to living in a straight line and living by the time payment plan. You just can't do it. 
you cannot, you cannot, you really can't go back and bind your life with privet hedges cut in the shapes of Santa Claus. <laughs> you just can't do it. And so these two guys are riding along, going east, fist fighting it out. You know, speaking of, of uh, fist fights, well, I, I, I have a feeling that it would be, it would be, uh, did you read that little article? Uh, speaking of fistfights and what the true nature of man is, did you read the little article that came out? I think it was in, of all things, uh, well, it, it was a, I believe it was a UPI release, and I picked it up in a New Jersey newspaper, and it was one of the saddest and at the same time one of the most uh, touching kind of kind of articles. It's it's in a sense it it again it's a capsule. It's a capsule of all the history of man, that, that we have a feeling that anything that went before us was both at the same time admirable and sadly lacking. You know, pe people will laugh at pictures of people walking down the street in a 1905 setting. This seems funny to them. These people haven't been civilized. They haven't made it yet, you see. That, that, <laughs> oh, isn't that funny? <laughs> They'll laugh. At the same time, there's a kind of nostalgia for it. But it's always a little condescension towards the past. That a man who lived in the year, let's say, 422, obviously wasn't as hip as a guy who lives in the year 1960. He hadn't broken through yet. We always have the illusion that we have broken through, you see. That we are living in the modern time. Man has arrived. Well, of course, in 1995, they will be looking back to 1960 as the archaic day. It just has to be that way. Listen to this little item. This, this kind of puts it all, and it's, it's sad, it's, it's, it's funny, it's all the rest of it. It's all of us. It comes from England, from, of all places, Stonehenge. You know where is it Stonehenge? And you know what is it Stonehenge is about? Do you know of the Druids? I would suggest you look up the word Druid and Stonehenge. It was the first day of summer. And the Druids kept looking at their wristwatches, hoping the sun would come up like thunder at 4.42 a.m. It didn't. It was just a pale gray blur through the early morning mist that covered the antics of the 2,000 spectators who frolicked and necked in the grass and hollered at the Druids. The eleven druids marched solemnly through their ancient ceremony before the age-old stones of Stonehenge and blew their historic five-foot horn. They chanted their chants, but no sun. The more athletic of the spectators made their way to the top of the house-high circle of stones that form a spectacular ruin whose origin is lost in ancient history. You should not be up there said the chief druid, Dr. Robert McGregor Reed, his bearded male and lipstickless females of the revived order of ancient druids nodded in solemn agreement. The crowd laughed, and some turned up their portable radios louder so that they could hear the Floyd Patterson, Ingemar Johansson fight better. Many in the crowd were equipped with portable radios just for the occasion. This is wretched, McGregor Reed said. I have never seen Stonehenge so badly treated. Isn't that sad? The last of the Druids come to celebrate their ancient, serious, solemn, religious rites. 
Remember, that's religious. And millions of, whether you believe it or not, it is. And millions of people sitting up, thousands of them, necking in the grass, eating good humor bars, listening to portable radios and hooting at them as they go through their poor, sad rites. I can see it now, 2,000 years from now, when the last of our churches has crumbled into ruins, and there's much evidence to prove that they are. And I mean in the real sense. I'm not talking about in the sense of, of there is more action today. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> oh, no. 2,000 years from now, when the last of the the last of the of the great Christian religionists go into their go into their poor churches, and thousands of people stand around with their portable television sets watching the latest takeoff flight from Mars, and cheer and hoot and holler and eat their electronic good humor bars as they watch. It's much you know it's it's a, you grab a hold of it like an old softball, and you can throw it fast underhanded swish. Yes. Time and tide, O e pluribus unum in hoc agricola conch in est spital lauk. <laughs> Time, O passeth in thy wounding, wounding, tearing way. Pause but a moment and weep o'er me. So quoth, so speaks the tiny man. <clears throat> sit up straight out there, will you? <laughs> I could see somebody sitting in the beach there in in uh, at Jones Jones Beach. You know, he's lying there on his on his cot, and the, and the sun is looking weakly down. Oh, incidentally, this is another form of druidism. I might point out this great this great drive towards outdoor living, the al fresco life that we're driving toward. Just another form of it. Hey, listen. Speaking of this, uh, there is no question but what we are a tiny, tiny, tiny. Im- Im- embattled minority here. There's no question about it that 97.999% of all portable radios tuned in today, all automobile radios tuned in, are either listening to the beginnings of a ball game or they're listening to the sound of rock and roll or they're listening to somebody playing a Bach quartet. Uh, (laughs) Hardly anyone is listening to the mind of man in all of its inanity, all of its silliness, all of its idiocy, all of its trappedness, all of its wonder, all of its glory, all of its poor, sad pitchedness into the dark sea of oblivion. Hardly anyone. I'll tell you what. Let's do. Let's do something right now. I, I've been I've been saving up for this. We are. This is now July third. Tomorrow is the big day. You see, is the third or the fourth? This is the second. All right, this is the 4th of July weekend. Nevertheless, it's all one big package. It's a, it's a single ball of wax. And, 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 and all of the city has moved out. There are just a few of us trapped here in town. Not trapped at all, but because we want to be. I want to be here during this, during this fiasco. And, and those of you out there, way out there in the darkness, you feel just, no matter how, how big the beach is, no matter how, how clean and windswept the beach houses are, no matter how windswept and eroded the chicks are in their new Lastex bathing suits, the point is that we still have this sensation of, of, of fighting against the inevitable. There's no question about it. We are being inundated by a wave of creeping meatballism, the, 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 believe me, the size of which the world will never comprehend. It's creeping in on all sides. <laughs> Have you read the latest editorials about Castro? Have you seen it? It's breaking out on all sides, everywhere you go. 
Who wants to drop by and shoot around the golf in the middle of it all? But it's slowly beginning to edge up. Now, now I would like to do this. I want everybody. Let's let's somehow let's. We've got to make we've got to make contact. If but for a moment, I, I don't mean real contact because real contact, in a way, always proves to be disappointing. I would like to suggest that wherever you are, wherever you are now, if you're on a beach, no matter where you are, if you're on a beach and you're listening to a portable radio, no matter where you are, if you're riding in a car, no matter where you are, take a white handkerchief or a white towel and wave it in the air. Just just get up and wave it in the air, you know, and signal down the beach to the guy. You'll see another guy four miles down, wave, and you'll know that he's with you. Wave it in the air. One, wave it out of your car. Just, just get up and do it now, now. And all the people in between, all the meatballs, will wonder just where of and where if it goes. Be the first in your neighborhood. <clears throat> WOR Radio, your station for news. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.